Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Burrows and welcome to my podcast. Part two of Tina's tips, back to the A to Z. Uh, I left off on part of my E. E for exercise. Horses should always begin, in my opinion, with a loose rein walk for maybe five or ten minutes just to relax and bond with them. During that time, you can add some face flexing left, right, and down vertically. And then you may want to fit in some leg laterals and then some loose rein, long trotting and collected jogging into the bridle. Depending on if the horse is laid back or hyper can vary how often you do your transitions. But all of that should happen after a nice five or 10 minute loose rein walk, just relaxing and bonding especially if you just unloaded them out of a horse trailer after a long drive or you just got off work and you're going out to the barn and just need to connect with your horse and unwind from your day. Also, I would like to um, see horses start with a little bit of straight line work and then after that, maybe do a TLC drill or some dry work at a trot and a lope. That's when you can incorporate your circles and squares and leg laterals and extension and collection, all of that. I always like to have a cool down of five to 10 minutes on a loose rein as well. Always cooling down the muscles and the mind after a workout. So easy start, easy finish, and the more intense stuff in the middle. Equipment for E, my final E, Always condition your leather, bridles and saddle, especially in the south where we have humidity and heat, everything gets mildewy and moist and then it gets brittle and dry. And so you always wanna check and tighten your screws or check your leather pieces aren't worn out. Make sure nothing is breaking or soaring your horse. You know, check your saddle, your girths, your straps, all of that. F in the A to Z tips feel a rider that people comment has nice hands or good seat actually have feel and feel is one of those things that you know when to add pressure and when to release along with great timing they always feel what a horse needs and when a true horseman or horsewoman always strives to develop a light feel with every horse they work with not bigger bits or harsher bits or tie downs or cruel training methods timing and feel can come naturally for some people but other people can learn it they have to work hard at it but it definitely can be done face flexing flex work that should be a part of every single ride in my opinion going back to basics with suppleness and body collection is really important so face flexing and leg laterals. No one will ever, ever complain that their horse is too soft or too supple, but you will always hear, or too responsive, you will always hear people complain about horses being stiff, rude, or pushy. Free runner. The free running horse benefits from a lot of slow work. Quiet trail rides, quiet pasture rides, Just a lot of walking and TLC drills that are walking and jogging collected. Training mostly at a walk, maybe lots of stopping and backing, 
rate work if you're on the barrel pattern, stopping at your rate spot, or at least slowing down. It's also great to just stand there and relax or back a couple steps. They also benefit from lots of transition work off of your seat, long trotting into a sit jog, extended walk into a collected walk into the bridle. Farrier, if you, uh, who you choose for your farrier is so important. The saying, no hoof, no horse is so true. A balanced trim is key to your horse staying sound from the hoof through the whole body. I personally compete um, barefoot many years, but when I was going hard to super shows, I would put front shoes on them. I would do what was best for each horse, but I liked a really balanced trim um, that is designed to condition the hoof to be able to be strong barefoot. You don't want to pull a horse's shoes in the wet season and compete on them. They're gonna get bruised and abscess and worse. Um, if you do decide to pull shoes on a horse that's worn shoes a while, it's a good time to let them have time off. And um, pulling shoes is good for the foot. So if you winter in the states with snow, that's a good time. In um, the hotter states, maybe a month off in the summer. Um, but if your horse is in the wet states, you don't want to pull shoes in the wet season unless your horse is not going to be ridden because their feet are going to fall apart. Some horses need shoes for protection or correction, but I feel like God gives them the feet they need for traction most of the time. Of course, ground conditions and if you're on a lot of cement or hauling a lot and you are in rocks and things like that, you're in the correction and protection um, point where you want to protect them from abscessing or whichever, uh, bruising and such, and chipping and breaking and all of that so that you don't have any big issues. So always keep that in mind. A farrier can definitely make or break you. You don't want to neglect your hooves, whether you shoe or barefoot. Uh, every six weeks would be ideal. And picking them um, before every ride, painting them if necessary, keeping an eye out for thrush or white line disease, all of that is extremely important. And um, again, no hoof, no horse, so pay, pay special attention to them. Obviously, if you're, um, you know, I've been told that you can't go barefoot on some, but if they have thinner soles and such, that might be a different um, but you can definitely um, find farriers that do more of a performance natural trim and can concave the foot a little bit, build the walls a little bit stronger, give them a really strong structured um, foot that's just basically really balanced, medially, um, can't even say the word, laterally, um, and um, med. Why can't I say that word today? <laughs> oh well. Anyways, um, the P1, P2, P3, you want to make sure everything's aligned, the pasture and the shoulder, make sure that everything is good there. So, all right, my next final F word, futurity and novice horses. Um, futurity horses, I, I feel like tips to live by is respect without fear. That's what you want. You know, ask as easy as possible. You know, sometimes it has to be a little more firm, you know, especially young horses that are fresh, but just like children, you have to have boundaries. 
but I also feel like um, lateral flexion is a place to start for that and vertical flexion can come next. Always reward the slightest try. I feel like with any young horse, repetition, consistency um, is important. Removal of uh, pressure when they give you the right answer. Praise and rest is how a horse learns. I feel like trouble will come when you lack body control and suppleness or soreness. You should always quit on a good note. Set your horse up for yes answers and success. And try never to release pressure until you get the feel you want, even if it's just one second, one inch off pinky pressure. Um, try to always wait for the correct answer. Two plus two equals four. That way they know that the pressure goes away when they give the right answer. You can try to make the wrong thing difficult and the right thing easy in most cases. Body control comes through suppleness. Over-exaggerate when you teach. You can refine as you go faster. Horsemanship is timing and feel, and without body control, you will have nothing. There is a seasoning process with young horses. You must let a young horse have time to learn, to relax hauling, standing tied to the trailer with the PA systems, music and such, other horses and trailers. You must not expect the same performance at home at the barrel race when they're first hauling. It takes time knowing you might lose 50 to 25% in the beginning. Be patient with them and build their confidence by staying calm with your horse, keeping the routine and the exercises the same that you would do at home. This may be old hat to you, but it is not for them. You can even haul another calm older horse with them to tie next to and teach your horse how to act and let them learn that things are okay. Water them often and teach them that it's okay to drink on the road. It can take two or three years to make a solid, finished, seasoned barrel horse. Every horse learns at a different pace and every rider depends on how much time you can dedicate. Tina's tips A to Z, now we're on to G. Go, rate and turn cues. For a perfect run, it must contain all three, a go cue, a rate cue, and a turn cue. A clear go cue lets the horse know when to hurry off your energy from the alleyway or out of a turn or home. It can be as simple as your body leans slightly forward, your two hands go forward, up the mane towards the ears. It's much easier to sit for rate two strides from the barrel and settle if your horse has a clear understanding of a go cue and a rate cue and understands Energy forward means to run faster. Energy sitting deep in the saddle means to slow and collect for the turn or, or to slow down in general. I prefer if a horse rates off my seat than needing to check with my reins and I would prefer that they, the turn and the rate cue be separate and they turn off of my body as well. My hands and legs should only back up my body. Try to keep them fluid and waiting on you. In order to do that, I like to practice circles, maybe with one barrel once a week to keep them soft and listening to me. Perfect circles are important with or without a barrel. I walk trot and lope circles 
to keep that in mind at least once a week around pasture riding, cow work, and other things that just keep my brow horses happy. The younger, greener horse will get more arena time and the open horse will get less. Goals for horses. Setting goals for your horse. Some goals are long-term, some goals are short-term. Some goals may be dreams with a to-do by date, but when training horses, goals need to be day-to-day, like a child in school. You cannot have a horse work off of a human calendar. It's not fair to them. It's good to have goals and, and set goals, but you have to go at a pace that they can handle. When training horses, goals do need to be day-to-day. You can start Monday easy and be ready to get into the deep stuff by Wednesday and maybe start backing off again on Friday for some downtime on the weekend, just like kids in school. Lastly, they all learn at different speeds. They may excel in one area over another, just like children. So be patient, be kind, and remember not all horses are meant to be barrel horses. Some might excel at something else or need something else, but always set your goals realistic and try to set it up for them to succeed and not fail. As I mentioned before, it can take at least two to three years to make a solid season barrel horse, competing at their best consistently when it's done correctly. Goals for the rider. New to barrel racing, sometimes it's best to start trying to win a title at a speed show series or an MBHA 4D event and go for a 4D buckle or points. As you and your horse become a team, you might be able to move up in divisions. You may hope to do rodeo, start off with open rodeo, or if you go for pro rodeo, start off in your circuit going to slack before performance and see how you handle it all. But you probably should be placing in the 1D and the 2D when you're competing at barrel races, uh, local jackpots, before you should consider pro rodeo just for the time and money that is involved in the competitiveness of it unless your pockets are deep and that doesn't matter. Some horses excel in rodeo atmosphere. They like the crowd and the bulls and the side acts and the loud music. Others do better in super show atmosphere, better ground, added money, you get to make two to three runs, they're more consistent for the average. And you'll know when your horse is ready for more pressure. But remember, it takes time. Seasoning from jackpots to rodeo, from jackpots to super shows, from outdoor to indoor, and it's all part of a process. So be patient and build their confidence. Don't take it away. And be careful not to do things too soon. Watch for hot spots or a scared horse. You don't ever want to steal their confidence and get them to stop working. Give and take pressure. The key to teaching horses, the lighter you ask, the softer they become. That's timing and feel. Sometimes I watch people go immediately to their entire hand and their elbows to ask a horse to give to pressure. Rather than starting with the lightest pressure, maybe just their pinky or pinky and ring finger. So remember, start light and then increase as needed, but release as soon as they give to pressure or give you a try. You may uh, also be doing that with asking them to move away from leg pressure. 
If your pants touching their hair is enough, release. Some might have to go from pants to hair to skin to muscle. Some might have to go to bone or to a little spur or a little kick, but start as light as possible. I always try to whisper with my hands and talk with my legs. I try to think of 80% body. That's my eyes, shoulders, and seat. 18% would be my legs, like my calves and my feet. And 2% would be my hands. To ride with heart means putting your horse first and the sport second. To always give your best inside and outside of the arena. Oh, that's H. I went on to H without saying I went on to H. <laughs> so heart. For heart, is, there's nothing more important to me than a team with heart. A rider with heart will always practice hard all week. Always learning and giving their best. A horse with heart gives their best every time they run down that alley. I would take a horse with heart over talent any day of the week. They will last you longer and get you further. To ride with heart does mean to put the horse first and the sport second. It means to give your best inside and outside the arena, but it also means to develop a horse with heart. Another H, holistic care. I feel like it's best when a horse is seen by a holistic practitioner, maybe every 30 to 60 days, and maybe your sports medicine vet every six months to a year. And just for general um, checkups, to maybe catch something before it becomes something bad. And also to keep your horses feeling the best they can so that you can be performing at your personal best. Our horses work very hard for us. It's not easy what we ask them to do. And 1D, 2D horses can actually get sore than maybe a 4D horse because they're just working so much harder with the speed and the turns. There are so many tools out in the market today to access if your horse is sore. Acupressure, massage, chiropractic. You can get flex tests, lameness evaluations, ultrasounds, x-rays. There is so much out there. There are lasers and back on track boots and magnetic blankets and liniments and stretching and poultices and red light therapies, acupuncture, there's so much more. But always watch for signs of a sore horse. Um, they could be a horse that's maybe hopping in their turns instead of being fluid. Horse having problems with their leads or swishing tails. You know, some things like some horses swish their tails always, but others it's unusual for them. Always check out their health before going to the training pen. You cannot train pain. Remember dental issues, unbalanced hooves, ulcers, bleeding lungs can all cause problems too. Another H would be heat exhaustion. Summertime in horses. It's very, very deadly to horses. Make sure your horse has access to cool, clean water daily. Dump and refill it when necessary. Be sure that they are drinking enough. Monitor it. Dehydration can be deadly for horses. Colics and, and heat is not a good combination. Make sure they have access to shade in the hot part of the day from noon till dark. Be sure you, if you're going to ride, ride the first hour and maybe the last hour of the day, the coolest times of the day. 
Be sure to hand walk them out. Don't ride them too long, short rides. Don't do too much hard work where they're sweating and, and breathing. Watch their breathing, their nose, their nostrils, their sides. Um, if they're not sweating, that's a bad sign. They get overheat. Sweating is good for horses. After you get done, cold hose them and excess water. Excess uh, water needs to be scraped off because it can get boiling hot on them. And overheating can quickly lead to death in horses. Symptoms to watch for are heavy breathing of the flanks and nostrils, non-sweating, lethargic attitudes, and running the body temperature over 101. Get a veterinarian and treat it as emergency for any of those things. And the final H, hip and hind control. Hind in control. First, begin at a standstill. Um, second, face flex laterally left. Then ask them to move away from your left leg by the back cinch and ask them to yield their hindquarters. You can then, once they're good at doing it from face flexing and yielding their hindquarters, this is in the saddle, you can then keep their face straight and ask them to put their hip in or out. Um, this can be important as you're approaching a barrel and you want them to use their hindquarters better. Um, you can also teach it from the ground as well to yield to, to pressure. But for hip and hind control, I like to do things like quarter turns, rollbacks, backing, uh, circles that are like spirals or corkscrews and become more collected. By picking up the shoulder and softening the rib, you're automatically going to get them to use their hind end more. Those are all really important things. So I'm going to go ahead and finish part two because I've been going 20 minutes and I'll come back with part three on the letter I. So I hope you're enjoying my Tina's tips A to Z and as always, ride with heart.